Hi, welcome to our final project, our podcast on death and dying. Um, so I think why we chose death and dying was because it was probably Noelle and I's favorite topic to talk about in class and we just think that there's so much wisdom and knowledge around this area and it can be a topic that's very difficult to talk about with loved ones, with friends, with family, you know, with anyone but it's a conversation that um, we should be having more often and so for this final project for this podcast we decided to interview a catholic priest um, father tom mcdermott he is one of the seminarian formators here for the archdiocese of dubuque so he is constantly um talking about these big um topics with the seminarians but also at a parish level with um parishioners as he also is um, one of the pastors at St. Column Kills here in Dubuque, Iowa. So not only talking about death, but also, you know, performing funerals or wake services or helping family members through the grieving process. Uh, so for this first half, I'm going to break up the podcast into two halves. So for the first half, we just pulled out some quotes from the book that we read in class and um, just asking him to reflect on these quotes and what are his thoughts and ideas um, behind these quotes. And so we'll just jump right into that um, as Father Tom gives us his little two cents on what he thought um, about these quotes. Hope you enjoy. I would agree. I think that independence, autonomy is a big part of our, of our culture as it's unfolded and how does it move through how families handle funerals. Uh, I, I, I experience less kind of need to be at funerals, mm. you know, in some families, uh, certainly not all, but you'll see from what I experienced years ago, it's like, boy, I mean, you come home from college, all kinds of things, you know, to be around a grandparent's death. And that seems to be less because they've grown up farther apart. It isn't, you know, kids don't know their grandparents. So, yeah, I'm in South Carolina. I'm going to stay in college and we'll watch it. One of the, the modernization, we'll watch it on YouTube, but we don't have to be there. Sure, sure. Is one thing. And um, the other... Let's see, how do you see this family's handle funeral? Even the thing uh, you see about celebration of life. Mm -hmm. um, church, church is an extension of family. Uh, you know, you, it, I think as the as number of funeral directors will tell us, funeral, direct, funeral home business rises and falls with church. And as people have less connection to church, they have less need for the rituals around death. Mm -hmm. And so they will say, friends are going to gather in a bar and we're going to have a celebration of his life. Mm -hmm. And it's less of that um, family. This is what our family would do, especially family ties into a faith community. Mm -hmm. I think that has been affected by this. 
All right, so the first question that Father Tom was addressing was based on the quote, modernization does not demote the elderly, it demotes the family. It gave people, the young, the old, a way of life with more liberty and control, including the liberty to be less beholden to other generations. The veneration of elders may be gone, but not because it has been replaced by the veneration of the youth, but by the veneration of independent self. Now, when I'm reflecting upon this question and what Father Tom said, um, his response about this question, we see it, you know, all the time. We've talked about it in class even of just how individualistic our specific society is and how you know like going reaching across you know different cultures are not like this um they're very much centered around the family and centered around caring for one another and making sure that their elders are respected and cared for because they hold so much wisdom so much knowledge and which is like really sad to see like our culture move towards this individualistic self um because like where is all that wisdom and all that knowledge going if we're you know not partaking in caring for our elders or like seeking that knowledge from those who have lived longer than us and have experienced these wonderful beautiful lives you know where is that knowledge going towards um but yeah i do think this the scattering of family as, as families are more dispersed yeah there is less around the center uh, drawing them back to these moments do you uh, think that because the family is so scattered and the celebration of life is no longer like super ritualistic in a way do you think people are like processing death differently because of that or like grieving with that I do think so. It ties into one of the questions farther down, I think. But um, let's see how they process it differently. In a culture of autonomy and independence and the whole kind of scientific mindset, a lot of it has to do with, well, your truth. There's a lot of experiential wisdom is what this is what I've experienced. And so this is true and this is meaningful. Well, you know, a big piece of our understanding of death and the, the nature of the human person and purpose, it is a handed down thing. You can't experience death <laughs> until yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. And so the reflection of others on it is part of this is our intergenerational wisdom. And if, if you know, our grandparents are authority figures in some sense in our lives with values, but also this makes sense, this is how I interpret the world, then that also gets pushed to the side. Well, anybody's voice is as valid as theirs in terms of what is what is the meaning of life. Is there anything after death? Um, everybody ends up in the same place, which is another way of saying there isn't a personal God. It's just this divinity that we become. It's, I think there's much more of a kind of a 
Hindu Buddhist consciousness mm -hmm. idea mm -hmm. yeah. of a deity, if there is one. Yeah, that as we discount other larger authorities in our life, um, that impacts on how we experience and celebrate death. So for our second question, taken from the book Being Mortal, um, old age as a continuous series of losses. So it's described in the book that in old age, there's, a, you know, this continuous loss, one thing after the other, and it seems like it never really stops. And in the book, it quoted a, no a novel, Every Man by Philip Roth, as old age is not a battle, old age is a massacre, which is such a very vivid and gut-wrenching word massacre you know when you hear massacre we hear like war we hear um like complete destruction and so to be for old age to be described as a massacre like that is just so deep and so heavy so i was just like very curious to see how father tom would react to this question and this quote and he gave this beautiful insight, you know, of knowing people who have have experienced this loss, but have found this meaning behind it. And like, we kind of jump in a little bit, um, you know, how like meaning changes in life. And we've talked about this in class, meaning and purpose in life changes throughout um, our lifetime. And Father Tom kind of... Um, touches on this with some stories of um, some personal stories yeah so enjoy this part he just wanted to be here for his kids he went through all kinds of cancer surgeries long-term painful stuff they couldn't really get to and um but he wanted to be here for his kids he's a man of deep faith and his faith was huge in allowing him to accept the suffering that went with being here um so, uh, those who don't, who don't have a sense of, if we believe that a concept of a personal God who has brought meaning to our suffering because we're united to him through it, that this, it really does matter to the salvation of the world that I embrace the crosses that come to me. Mm. And, uh, in the way God is eternal and I'm part of him, the way my life is connected to yours, um, if I just kind of intentionally make that my purpose, uh, yeah, people can um, find hope in suffering, can say, no, um, this is meaningful every day I get up. I'm, this is a gift to the Lord. I'm drawn closer. I know him better because I suffer the way he knows what suffering is. I'm not, he isn't, you know, a distant God. You know, the old, the old Bette Midler song, you know, from a distance, God is watching us. You know, that's not <laughs> God is very yeah. personal and, and present. And um, so if that's it, if, if this actually shows that I am closer to God, in my suffering rather than farther apart. He's forgotten me. Um, that makes, I think, a big difference about um, have I lost my purpose? Did I, 
should I have died six months ago and I'm just a shell hanging around here? There was, it just really, um, it was an ethics discussion on National Public Radio one time. They were, so talking to a man who, his wife had gotten Alzheimer's and dementia and, mm-hmm. and she really had little idea of who he was, mm-hmm. you know. And, but he would go, he would go and visit, but um, he, would, he had a girlfriend and he would bring this girlfriend and go and visit his wife. And, mm-hmm. But for him, his, his position wasn't like he wasn't going to divorce her or anything, but he's like, that's not her anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not the mm-hmm. woman I married. So our marriage is over. <laughs> um, he was, in fact, saying, she's already dead. Yeah. Which a little lady in Cedar Rapids who would get on the bus every day. She had no, I mean, she couldn't drive. She'd get on the bus every day, go to the nursing home three miles away where her husband was, didn't know her. She'd go and spend the day with him, get the bus, and come home. And that mm-hmm. was, wow, that is such a, um, so much of that loss, loss is loss of ability and loss of control and loss of, and if that's what your identity is wrapped up in, yeah, I died when I lost my abilities. If being itself is is a great source of, you know, I can wonder about God. Um, and just to be giving other people the chance to take care of me and reverence their human dignity because we are taking care. I mean, I think, you know, we recognize that it's a terrible thing if nursing homes aren't well run. You know, that's, people go to jail. (laughs) And so we do have that idea um, and and, uh, that there is a value we have to, we have to treat each other well. so, uh, how do you minister to that? Just to say that even in my need, somebody else is exercising and being exercised in compassion mm-hmm. and dignity and these kinds of things. I think that's um, a big part of it, of it too. And again, if my life is connected to others beyond, I share the same biology. Um, it's a lot easier to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And for them to find meaning in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think my own. So my mom had Parkinson's for six years, <laughs> and Dad took care of her, and so he's he's an outside, you know, farmer. <laughs> didn't cook. Didn't do any of those things. And and he was. Well, I mean, she was eighty-two. He was probably eighty-eight when he really. Yeah, about eighty-eight, eighty-seven when he really started taking full-time kind of taking care of mom. And, uh, yeah, it's it was such a change for him. He really took ownership of that house, though. I mean, the housework and all those things, cooking. But um, but, but he would have said, you know, it was very much just a part of his, you know, he said, um, she's doing the hard work of just being in this. In this. I'm, I'm the one who's still... I still get to do. And, uh, it's a different doing, but he still gets to do. Yeah, yeah, kind of that shift in, mm-hmm. in purpose, mm-hmm. almost, and mm-hmm. realizing the beauty of that, and yeah, mm-hmm. 
there's meaning. It's not a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's continual meaning. Yeah. 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 Well, other is sort of an uh, an ultimate independence, but deep down, we're not satisfied by that. We are social mm-hmm. creatures, and we want we want to belong. And I don't I don't see how those other philosophies you know allow for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, So for our last um, quote from the book, um, it was kind of a long quote, so I won't read it all. But the gist of the quote is that back in medieval times, people had customs, had prayers all the time about death. Like they were just constantly surrounded in this mindset of death. And there was kind of like this stoic mentality towards death and everything like just the idea that this world is passing was very prominent back in medieval times and so you know we've slowly come out of that mindset through generation after generation century after century and um yeah so we were just wanted to see like what were father tom's thoughts on this progression of you know no longer being so stoic and being almost scared to have this conversation i think the conversation was certainly more open before because there was people were closer to it um families lived nearby and they actually experienced family members, you know, going through the dying, you know, elderly dying, um, uncles and aunts and families. Um, you know, the culture of, of going to a visitation, um, you know, where you went, you had to be very aware of extended family and so you went to a lot and people experienced a lot. I was, I'm always surprised at people who are in their, they'll be in high school and they've never seen a a dead body before. They've never mm-hmm. been to a, a visitation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were being hauled around as kids from the time we were, you know, four or <laughs> five, yeah. you know. And uh, so the, the conversation isn't, isn't there because they're not, you know, confronted with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do a lot more to alleviate it. think as the suffering that goes with it which is a good good thing mm-hmm. but um you know I don't know that there's that the conversations about aging grandparents living in home with people sure. um I just I'm in the midst of a of a conversation with a woman who it part of her thing is she wants she in their culture, she should go live with the kids, and the kids are saying, "We that's just, mm. mm-hmm. we can't do that. We want to get some in-home care or, you know, retirement mm-hmm. community care, which is real. I mean, our lifestyles don't allow for that necessarily, but it's a cultural, uh, which she would expect to be there, mm-hmm. at least for a while longer, and uh, the kids aren't really available to that, so... Uh, those 
kids won't have, and grandkids won't have that maybe direct experience so much. Yeah, I think that's like interesting because we talked a lot about how uh, like kind of the lack of control, like falling under dignity, that not of like only of the person dying, but we also talked about families, mm-hmm. um, like this is what mom would want, this is what dad would mm-hmm. want, and because these conversations aren't being had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that reflects a lot on it, is this is what they expect, and this isn't what's happening because of those conversations that are left. And back to about ritualizing around it, very much the case when we do workshops on you know planning your funeral, mm-hmm. you know it is to say make sure your children know like there's nothing more challenging for us to have someone who was you know a daily mass goer when they were able, mm-hmm. and then their kids don't even want a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's it comes out of their discomfort with religion, yeah. but that that becomes people will want to honor all kinds of wishes. They wanted this song, they have to have this song. In the conversations, when you go into the hospital room, you know, um, to ask, or like hospice, you know, point, you know, and some family there, it's like, well, are we talking about, you know, the, the person, do you want to talk about, you know, the, um, what happens next? Uh, you know, to ask that question, um, often, like hospice people are trained to, how do I bring that conversation up? Mm-hmm. And we do all the time. So, um, call to anoint somebody, and it's like hospice said, you know, things are changing. Mm-hmm. Say, do you want to talk about, do you want me to talk about, you know, resources so you can you know, talk about planning your funeral? Mm-hmm. Um, these readings are really wonderful just reflections if just have family members here read these readings they talk about our hopefulness in Christ you know out loud to them if you're sitting here with nothing else really seems like they're resting but read through these while you have this time together as kids um, I think that's you know again a piece of the of this we have to bring that conversation up um, what are we praying for here are we praying for them to get better? Are we praying for them to be ready, you know, to die? The anointing of the sick has different nuances, and really, but that's one of the questions. What are we praying for here? Um, it's why that one, there's a prayer at the beginning of like a vigil service um, where we introduce kind of our opening prayer. It says, we believe that the ties that unite us throughout life are not unraveled by death, mm-hmm. but rather continue on in Christ and I just think that whole idea that that this is not this is not unraveled you say this is horrible you know faith perspective we can say yes it's not an unraveling it is a we are maybe even more intimately uh, together in ways we haven't experienced on this side yet So reflecting on the first half um, with the first couple of questions that we asked him, um, it was very interesting, very philosophical, I would say, his answers, but very insightful. 
and honestly did bring a lot of um, questions in my mind and a lot of reflecting that I personally need to do. Um, yeah, I think the stories of the specifically the story of the little old woman who would hop on the bus and visit her husband every single day and be with him even though he didn't really know her didn't recognize her i think that it just like shows the beauty and the love of human connection and how much like later in life you know we talked about this in class but like that beauty and the connection that everyone wants and everyone craves and everyone needs and even like the sad story of um the husband whose wife didn't really recognize him and now he has a a girlfriend you know that also shows the need for connection that need to be loved even in our last moments and um also like reflecting of like how am i loving and how am i having those human connections in our in my daily life you know not necessarily towards the end of life but now how am i having those conversations with other people i think also the beautiful insight of so for the second half um we just had some questions that we wanted father tom to answer just some quick questions and i'll just read those off really quickly so have has your view of death changed as you progressed through your priesthood do you experience beauty when you are with someone for their last moments of their life and do you think about your own death and finally, do you think we should be having these conversations about death early on? Now, we kind of cover this earlier, um, but I thought I should just list out that that was one of our questions that we wanted to ask Father Tom. Think about it more in terms of the relationships with others instead of just the relationship with God. I think I, I think about that more. And um, I, you know, I, yeah, the... Every once in a while, the, just the questions of what will that be like and how will this be satisfying? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have answers for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you know, people think, well, we imagine ourselves golfing or something like that, the things we did on earth in heaven, <laughs> because we can't imagine not mm-hmm. and not being bored. And what will that be like? Um, mm-hmm. So... I guess that, but more, I, I probably think about it more communally than individually mm-hmm. as one thing. Um, I am more grateful for the death of Christ that has transformed ours, especially if beauty is kind of a, um, the consonance isn't the word I want, but a, a resonance, everything, it's, there's a rightness. Mm-hmm to it um, it's again I'm, I can't find the word for when things go together well um, mm-hmm. uh, beauty uh, uh, synchronicity that isn't it either yeah. um, but that that um, I experienced beauty in in the the love of family when they're gathered around um, in the calm before the people of faith 
who are at peace in this profound thing, and they're they're um, at peace in their uh, gratitude um, for faith and gratitude to God is um, is beautiful in the you know just sometimes the simplicity of um, they're breathing and then they're not mm-hmm. you know and it's just that's it. Um, so if beauty has this, I mean, if a quality of beauty is something that captures your attention, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, I guess maybe it's not quite exactly. It's a different kind of beauty, but but it seems there's a rightness to that at mm-hmm. times. You know, they've fought the good fight, they've run the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's a a beauty when you see people um, for whom their faith they haven't spoken in days and I've seen people who you start praying the prayers they've known since they're kids and they'll pray them mm-hmm. and their family will say that they haven't said anything in forever um, and now they're speaking this um, I've seen people rise up out of their beds with this look of joy and arms out and then they lay back down and they die wow. so that that kind of a wow you know look um, so yeah there's beauty there's beauty in that most of it is in the fulfillment of here's this family they've prepared to go through this with them and this yeah. family's gathered around and this great love for these of these children for that again the beauty is in God's giving us family so I think we need to do some explanation of why we asked Father Tom um, the beauty behind death or when someone is in their last moments of death and if there is beauty um, I think oftentimes when we most times when we talk about death, it's just riddled with so much sadness, so much turmoil, so much just uneasy feelings within us, around us. Everything's just flipped. Like it's just a horrible topic to talk about. But I have personally, I have a very artistic and soul like I just love seeing beauty even in the most terrible circumstances I always want to point out something that is beautiful even if it's sad I think there's still beauty within it deep-rooted beauty that can be really hard to point out and I think with death there can be some moments of beauty and reconciliation within that and while we were having this conversation about death and beauty, um, you can kind of hear in the second half kids in the background playing. Um, it was, I guess, their recess hour, and the seminary is near two schools, and all you can hear is like kids just being in the moment, playing with their friends, you know, probably playing tag or on the swings or making up games on the side, like just being kids 
And the beauty of living in the moment, the beauty of joy, the beauty of just running around and not really having a care in the world because you're a kid. But then here we are in, you know, a couple feet away and we're talking about death and these heavy, heavy topics and, you know, having this conversation of, you know, death and getting old and there's this like loss after loss after loss and it's just negative 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 but then you hear like this these little screams coming from outside and you're like wow there was just like this moment of like for them life is just beginning and here we are talking about life ending and it just like caused for like a like quick moment of reflection of like what am i doing right now where am I seeing beauty right now? Am I living in the moment right now? Like, what is this conversation that I'm having with Father Tom? How can I take what I've learned here, how, what I've learned in class, what I've read through the Being Mortal book, and apply that to my own life? And how I encounter beauty and how I will experience the end of my life you know if it happens within a month if it happens later if it happens when I'm 80 years old like the beauty and the joy in life can be continual so um yeah just you know this whole idea that um corporal work of mercy is is to bury the dead you know we try to remind people of that, like there's a funeral in the parish this week, please, you know, join us. And um, uh, that, uh, to have people who are in ministry, like there's a couple, husbands and wi- husband and wife, who, who they've taken on themselves, they will be our hospitality. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, they said, we meet people that we've never met through the families there, and it's, but they want to be, you know, here's this parish family reaching out to these other family members and um, very appreciative of, of that ministry. Um, it, it has brought a lot of satisfaction and purpose in their life. Now they're, they're 65, 70. It's like, okay, we can help others with this. You know, should we be conversing more about it? And not just not just because this is about death, um, but then what does that mean for my life? Um, And can I hold loosely, so many of our church's prayers here in Advent talk about that we might hold, um, basically hold lightly the things of this age and and take hold of of the life to come, of what matters in eternity. And part of my, even my own vocation, kind of discernment, you know, to, I, you know, looking back, and I remember telling myself, if I was 80 years old and I'd never married and I could have the best farm and herd of cattle in Dubuque County, <laughs> would, I, would that have been, you know, it's like, but then, you know, you'll leave it behind. 
and what will that have mattered? The whole idea that this is passing away has um, become more and more, and it helps me let go of other failures. This mm -hmm. didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I think that whole idea of um, what is death about, how do we go through little laying down my lives, either purposefully or experiencing throughout life, but it it adds a, a balance and a peace to the rest of life. And so, yeah, rather than avoid those conversations, if it's not just about death, but it's about, okay, now, now I'm talking about the meaning of my life and its purpose, mm -hmm. and what gives it purpose. And I think that changes things for everybody. So that concludes our interview with Father Tom. Um, I know we both really enjoyed um, having him just take the time out of his busy schedule to talk to us about death. <laughs> um, I think he was a little surprised when we emailed him and asked him if he could do this you know talk about this with us um but i think he really enjoyed having this conversation he said the um the questions were really good made him think and um yeah 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 i think our conversation with father tom definitely just brought a whole new perspective to what we learned about in this class um just really bringing an aspect that we um, want to dive into deeper so yeah we just thank father tom for his time uh for sure um and yeah he definitely i caught him off guard i think when i saw him um initially asked him and then yeah with our follow-up email i think was kind of surprising but yeah just really grateful for his aspect that he gave us and uh all the new things that we were able to add to what we learned so. yeah yeah i think um you know we talk about this in the podcast with father tom that we aren't really having these conversations about death and especially with the younger generation he's you know he's also he talked about how he talks to high schoolers and he's surprised that they haven't really seen a dead, a dead body as he put it um or haven't really been to a funeral and honestly like i thought that was like just super insightful because as someone you know who hasn't really experienced great loss in my lifetime I was like okay so like how should I be approaching this conversation about death you know someone who really hasn't experienced a huge loss you know that caused for a moment of reflection for myself and how can I you know relate or love someone who is going through that grieving process um, because, you know, we, we can help someone or understand more once, if we have gone through this process. Um, so uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his conversation definitely forced me to turn inward a little bit more than I was expecting it to, um, especially when he turned some of the questions back on us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, yeah. he asked us, you know, towards the end if we have thought about our own deaths um yeah. so we were a little stunned about that um question what was your response 
uh, I'm, I try to recall, I think I might have said something along the lines of like, yes, I have, but more so I think in the impact that it would have on the people around me rather than, you know, my personal reflection on death. Rather. Yeah. And I think, you know, he even said that too, like, um, when he was first thinking about his own death, um, it was more of a him and god situation more like of a conversation between them two and he said like it's progressed into a more community um Mm -hmm. based yeah idea of like how would it impact on the whole community but you know the positive and the cons of that um thinking Mm -hmm. um yeah i know when he asked me that quest that same question i was a little taken back um uh yeah i i was very forward and i said that i when i was young i didn't think i would live past 21 <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know where that idea came from in my head but i just thought that like i would hit 21 and i would just like kind of disappear um which was probably just Maria's crazy little imaginary brain that just <laughs> <laughs> believed this. Um, so yeah, like uh, definitely a lot of reflecting, and um, yeah, how are we going to encounter um, and live our daily lives? Like it's the last. I don't know. I that's something that I am continually thinking about after having this conversation with not only Father Tom. Tom, but um, all our guests that we had come into our class um, of, you know, life is beautiful, life is short, and how can we live it fully? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, in yeah, thinking back to all of our guests as well and who I, we got to encounter and, like, how vulnerable they were um, with us really yeah, it kind of makes me want to adjust parts of my life that I didn't think about or take some of their advice and really live it out for sure. So, yeah. Well, I think this concludes our podcast. I hope you enjoyed and um, it was a joy to make. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, yeah. Thanks for Maria for definitely putting in a lot of the legwork here <laughs> while I'm sitting here with the flu. So, um, so have a great Christmas and yeah. Um, thank you. Bye. Thanks, bye. <laughs>